Hey, hey, what's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is Trek and Cryptos to Connect. And this is the Everyday People segment. I just want to say thank you to those who are listening, um, the returning listeners, and I appreciate you who are taking the time out to actually listen to this for the first time. For where I started with this um, podcast, you know three or four months ago it was just like 50 listens now i'm nearly at 700 and i just want to say thanks a lot gngs i really appreciate and so if you don't know checking cryptos to connect is about talking with people at the various um, levels within the space the everyday people segment is just what it says it's dedicated to the people who are more at the ground level um part of it who aren't the more noted personalities in the space and sharing their stories for what they're doing and how they're trying to help expand the crypto blockchain space and for this episode i have the opportunity of talking with savannah lopez and as you'll hear she has a pretty interesting story a lawyer by day and a techie by night i guess to say enjoy gng's hey what's going on gng's it's your boy trek and this is another trek and cryptos to connect and this is the everyday people segment and so today i have the opportunity of talking with savannah lopez um, I met her at the uh, La Bitconf, which is the Latin American blockchain and Bit- well, Bitcoin and blockchain conference that was held in Chile last December. Um, great event, met a bunch of great people. She's one of them. And uh, I, I, I wanted to have a conversation. You know what? As we go further, you'll get why I wanted to have the conversation because I was interested in what she was doing and I'll let her explain a little bit more. So if you could, Savannah, please introduce yourself. Sure. Hey, Treg and hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's a great pleasure. Uh, yes, uh, as Trek was mentioning, we met at LaBitCon, which is one of the uh, biggest uh, crypto events in Latin America, in Chile, uh, last year. And uh, so um, I was telling Trek, uh, I am the CEO of, and co-founder of the Blockchain Challenge, which is a startup that was created at MIT and uh, with uh, our own proprietary methodology that was created uh, actually as a result of a class at MIT. And uh, what we do is we look for use cases on blockchain technology, seeking its implementation. And uh, so we look for use cases. We design the challenges, which is uh, we contextualize the problem that any company or government or entity in general wants to tackle through blockchain technology and uh, launch it in the form of an online hackathon uh, to be solved by a worldwide community of global talent. So that's what we do. We launch um, uh, online hackathons uh, to um, obtain blockchain-based solutions for different problems. Okay. Um, Sorry, kind of been under the weather for a little bit. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, okay. Um, MIT-related, just jumping back one. what what was your thing for MIT as far as like degree wise, schooling wise? Yeah, so so the thing is that being an, after my MIT um, after being at MIT, uh, one of the blockchain became a buzzword. 
Uh, so uh, I, actually my co-founder and I, she's also MIT and CMU alumni, um, we were like, let's go beyond the hype. And this, is, this was kind of our aha moment. Uh, because we were so tired. Um, I, I, you know, we, we thought, I mean, we were teenagers back then, but when it was like 1994 and the uh, internet mm. area was starting, we were like, you know, it's the same here with blockchain. What about if we start actually building something? Uh, so let's build use cases that, you know, um, will also at the same time help build blockchain technology and always seeking its implementation. So we uh, started hunting for uh, interesting use cases in which we could um, uh, make people around the world interested in uh, and uh, coming up with these great solutions. So we did our first hackathon. We did it actually on, on site. And uh, she's, she's, since she's Peruvian, what we did is let's go and find and do this first hackathon until un, under the most extreme conditions ever. Okay. So we ran into the mountains of Cusco, Peru, and wow. uh, we partnered up with IBM and uh, we went there and we um, started some. Uh, we we started to announce this 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 um, this uh, hackathon. And uh, lots of people from the universities in, in, in Cusco, uh, which is, I mean, it's not a big city. Uh, most of you know it because of Machu Picchu, uh, but there's actually lots of engineers uh, that are focused on agronomy and uh, lots of economists. So, and, and they're like the third generation of uh, farmers in Cusco. So they had all the knowledge in agriculture and uh, we launched a hackathon with IBM that was focused on finding a solution based on blockchain that would help uh, raise the efficiency of Andean produce. So what we did is let's do uh, let's we did a we talked to IBM and we we did a workshop two days workshop on blockchain and we brought people from IBM so this was focused on Hyperledger and they. Um, and we didn't know what was the outcome was going to be like. I mean, these people have never heard on blockchain before. They mm. had some principles of coding. Some of them, some of them don't because they were economists. Uh, but we did it anyway because, as I, as I mentioned, we wanted to run this under really extreme conditions with people that were totally not into blockchain. And then after these two days of workshops, uh, we run the hackathons for 24 hours. And they were like 50 participants or so, and they came up with five, six different amazing solutions. And the winner, um, the solution that, that got the first place, uh, it was actually really, really amazing because they were able to develop this MVP. Uh, I, I mean, it was not totally fully developed, but it was a great start. Um, in which they, through image recognition and geolocalization, were able to trace uh, the, the, the origins of any agricultural product. And moreover, they were able to predict and to uh, fight back the outbreak of any type of plague, which is uh, one of the oh. first of principal enemies of agricultural production. So and we were... It was so successful that we actually got invited later on by Agritech Nexus US and Harvard to talk about this use case uh, because companies in the agricultural industries are also starting to explore uh, how to how to uh, implement or use blockchain uh, if 
there's any implementation available. So that goes a little bit to the spirit of our startup, which is finding and exploring if there's, uh, and what are those use cases and blockchain technology that can actually uh, aim to a blockchain implementation and go beyond the bus. I mean, we didn't want it, you know, <laughs> to, con to contribute to the, uh, to the hype uh, without any fundamentals, so um, that's why we 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 started on 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 and running and and we have a great pipeline coming up this semester of use cases that we're going to launch online um, for people to be challenged and to actually learn on blockchain while while um, uh, while participating in our hackathons. Okay, so okay, I have one question on the end of is everything a private blockchain based solution? Or, uh yeah yeah please go ahead okay because like okay um i don't want to go too far into the weeds but um i i make that distinction like that's part of what i feel is like the identification that's going on in the place in in the space right now in that um the buzzword of blockchain is being um marketed off in this new like a generic term now like on the technical side of yes, it is just a data structure, mm -hmm. but in relation to the quote crypto space um, and like how we kind of looked at blockchain within the whole after Satoshi thing, it was about not just coming up with another version of um, centralized, blah, 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 centralized data storage. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's why I was kind of curious on that part. Um, and so GNG's like, <clears throat> um, I'm I'm all about tech, and I can appreciate centralized systems as well as decentralized systems. Quote: Understand that's a sliding scale, and it depends on who you're talking to. Um, but those are just some of the things that I wonder at times when um, like so somebody sent me something earlier today, uh, Google partnered with some company that I don't know how to pronounce the name, it's like Timel or Timex or something like that um, for their blockchain quote product or solution that they're going to start pushing out. And one of the things that I kind of argue about in this space is that, um, yes, the, the ideals of open source or permissionlessness or being quote decentralized is is a moving target nowadays as far as like pinning down what that means but um when you have x amount of the legacy what i call them legacy companies so like a ibm like a google like uh amazon come in and then say hey we can present you with these blockchain-based solutions Technically, yes, they are a blockchain, but there's a couple of certain features that I'm just like, mm. I think you just like, not you in particular. I think mm -hmm. what, what you're saying um, definitely makes sense. Like, I think that the marketing part of how we're throwing out the word blockchain to like, just say any and everything is blockchain. Technically, yes, you're right. But for what the how am i saying this 
for what was supposed to be this cultural shift of getting away from what we argued was centralization or things or, or or entities that controlled it just seems like we're kind of going back into the same thing and we're doing it in this um really marketed way and sometimes i kind of get like down about like when i see how certain things are playing out or how it's being advertised and like i mm -hmm. said i'm all about the tech part so i think that you know we do need to have um certain partnerships or have certain like um things worked out like actually making practical solutions i think 2019 is going to be the year of a lot of <laughs> practical solutions for people and stuff <laughs> like, just, just on the end of we saw what happened in 2018 a lot of people threw money at the wall and wanted to see if it would stick and would they make the next um bitcoin blockchain protocol and you know it, it's it's crazy like the first three months in 2018 was more than all of 2017 and then now we are a year later and we're talking about companies closing projects downsizing um and it, it's it's like okay so are we gonna get back to focusing on actual like doing practical stuff with it now are we gonna really make some stuff and stop selling hype yeah I, yeah <laughs> I love what you're saying because actually I, I couldn't agree more and this is actually why we exist as a company because what you just said is our quest. That's what we're trying to peel and to figure out and uh, I mean the answer can be no you know what there's no blockchain solution that actually can be called blockchain or is uh, you know or it's worth its implementation that may also be an outcome and it's totally valid in fact part of our job is before saying yes to any use case uh we've actually said no to a lot of things because either we don't see blockchain is not a solution for everything and blockchain is not um, for everyone and for every problem mm -hmm. and uh, that's part that's part of our job i mean we like to see ourselves in a way as a blockchain accelerator but also like a blockchain cleanup um like we want to be able to uh have a clear sense because that's our mission like going beyond the hype and if there is no beyond then there is no beyond if the added value exactly i mean exactly that's 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 a, a great way to put it if there's none, then there's none. But that's that's part of what we're exploring. And that's why we're so careful in using, in, in selecting the use cases, because we don't wanna, I mean, uh, yeah, like what's the difference between what was uh, existing before and what are the actual features on blockchain that makes blockchain blockchain, that makes blockchain a true differentiator, what existed before in terms of centralized data um and that's that's uh, like i can't give you a specific answer at this point because that is actually what we're trying to figure out by building use cases that will help us get towards that answer and uh, if the outcome is also like yes there is um there is this uh, amazing blockchain technology that can be applied to this particular industry then awesome 
That's what we're trying to get at. And I think uh, that's how you actually get to build a technology. For me, I mean, uh, I, I mean, uh, just sticking to theory, that rainbows. Let's get the actual work done and let's test it. And moreover, and uh, let's measure the impact that this technology uh, and the, the hackathons may have. Uh, let's, 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 uh, and what we want to do is also check on the aftermath of every hackathon and measure mm. up to the impact. Okay, I was talking, to oh, I don't know, that. I don't think I introduced you to her, but there's this lady named Toa. She's a um, um, trained economic economist and lawyer, but she doesn't do that stuff now, but she has the certs and stuff behind and degrees behind her name for it, right? And we were talking about, um, oh God, it, um, validating um, um, market impact or no project impact or mm -hmm. verifying project impact. So going to the whole thing of like, excuse me, you, you have your idea about what you want to do with the blockchain. You test out all the practical or what you see as practical, um, solutions in the application, but then you have to figure out how do you verify that what you intended for it to do is what is it, is, is it doing that? And mm -hmm. like you said, the aftermath on um, part of it, yep. mm -hmm. which um, I, mm -hmm. I wonder how many um, companies or people in the space are actually like one, like mm -hmm. working towards that particular part right now, because mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of marketing going on. There's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of like, you know, let's have conferences and, 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 and things like that, which I don't necessarily think the conferences mm -hmm. um, are the verifiers mm -hmm. of, of the impact outside of like, it's more of an attention getter, but it doesn't validate or verify that um, the solution you came up with is being used at the ground level. Mm -hmm. And like for, um, who was it? Okay, I'm gonna say IBM because it was IBM. I was I was looking at something on LinkedIn the other day, and um, it was like, oh, IBM had, and this is the thing that gets me now about marketing and understanding social media a little bit more now because of mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do in content creation. In that, the way the the the, the little um, micro content video went was IBM had like 5,000 people, um, 5,000 companies using their, um, their blockchain solution. And um, I was like, I said, I forgot what I said exactly, but then somebody came up behind me in the comment and was like, yeah, but at the end of the day, it only boiled down to like 500 actual companies. The high point number might've been 5,000, but at the mm -hmm. end, it only ended up that they had around 500. And I was just like, oh, wow, see, that's a very big difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it goes to the thing of how are you actually verifying that market penetration or that actual, is it really a practical solution that works at the ground level? Like everything, like Samson, this other guy I know in the space, he says that all the time. You can have all the fanciest bells and whistles 
But if nobody's using it, exactly, it you know, exactly, yes. Like for example, for uh, our first online hackathon, we were developing uh, this blockchain piece, if you want to call it that way, for this digital application that uh, its main goal is to um, to formalize economy and trade in local and rural communities in uh, underdeveloped countries. So uh, they already are on a beta phase and they're implementing this technology that uh, we, uh, the participants came up with uh, uh, at the hackathon. hackathon. And uh, so, so they're incorporating at this moment that technology into that digital application and they're gonna test it for six months and see how it makes a differentiator or how well it can capture and leverage information for collective bargain and see if the, the, the collective bargain of that local community has actually increased when using that technology as in terms of how it was before. And, mm -hmm. and you can actually get some, uh, you know, uh, microeconomics into that and be able to measure it with numbers. So that's a, a, a that's a nice example of how how can you actually <clears throat> measure the impact that blockchain may have. Uh, for I mean, in this particular case, uh, for being able to capture and leverage information in a much more uh, efficient way and see how it was in comparison with us without that kind of technology and 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 that uh, we're really looking forward to to the result because um that's going to tell us if if there's actually an impact so those are the kind of the use cases that we're looking for that the impact can actually be measured uh so that's why we're also careful and that's what uh, i mentioned at the beginning that we're all about implementation and with implementation comes of course uh, the aftermath and how can you measure the impact of that you're able to measure the impact of that implementation. Okay, can I throw a monkey wrench on it for you? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so one of the things, and I've gotten into this kind of with some people here and there about the um, intended design purpose and then the um, unintended um, Use, use case purpose of it, right? So um, within the, you, you create the solution and then you put it out into the wild and then you let the end user come up with how they're gonna use it. And one of the things I kind of find interesting and kind of questionable about when people or I guess, how do I say this? I think that in the blockchain space, designers or creators are forgetting that there's a, there's a, a um, not, hmm. designers are forgetting, ignoring, or not taking into account that when you put the product into the quote public, you bring it to the to the masses, right? Even mm -hmm. even in quote, um, when you do like beta testing in small groups, right? Once you put it out into that group and then you let them at their level figure out um, what you came up with as their intended use, but then how does that intended use actually fit for what they need? 
And if they can figure out how to hack what you came up with to make it do something else that you had no idea about, or either improve it or add on it, like, right? And mm-hmm. I feel that a lot of, um, let me not say a lot, like I'm generalizing everybody, but I will say I've noted X amount of how we look at this whole blockchain technology and in my mind, because it comes out of that cypherpunk um, decentralized school of thought and the whole concept of like being permissionless, in my mind of how I look at the, the history thing of it, right? Mm-hmm. There is a, a, um, a, a consciousness that I think is kind of spreading out into the masses right now with mm-hmm. people going, well, if I want to, like, for example, within the blockchain of the technology itself, if you don't like how a particular coin is doing something or a token is doing something, guess what? Fork off. Go do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of forget that you can do that. Even if it's a private um, blockchain, all right, cool, you're private and I don't want to deal with what you're doing anymore. I'm going to go make my own version. I don't got to do it from scratch. I can take X amount of your attributes and then do my own thing with it. And I mm-hmm. think that um, it's it's like, uh, I think it's under the radar as far as non-techie people and how they will be able to figure out how to hack certain solutions to be more conducive to what they need. I think a lot of the more technical people in the space or the like actual companies and like the the business minded folks aren't taking that little part into consideration in that if I put something into the US market, because you have X amount of um, already integrated systems that work for, you know, whatever thing you talk about, whether it be logistics or banking, blah, blah, blah. That solution may not adopt there, right? And it might just follow out the plain vanilla of what the designer's intended purpose was. But let me go put that over in Laos and see what they do with it. Let me go put that over in Kenya and then see what they do with it. Let me go put that over in like, um, Kurdistan and see what they do with it. And I think that um, we're, I don't want to say underestimating, but we're not taking into consideration human ingenuity and the creativity and, in my mind, the new level of consciousness that is kind of just, it's, it's emanating because of how technology is working to like give people more autonomy in like content creation and access to new different information or different thoughts, thought concepts. And and so now I give you a technology where I'm like, Hey, figure out how you want to use this or Hey, try to use this in you know, what you need to do in everyday life, run your business, deal with stuff in your house, you know, whatever it is. And then mm-hmm. people do what they do. They tinker and they mess around with it. And it's not just the techie people. That's the thing that's really getting me. 
All right, all right. You know what time it is. It is time to talk about the sponsor. And for this episode, the sponsor is Trending Cryptos to Connect, where they take cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and put content into context. Case in point, what is the difference between an IEO, a CTO, and an ICO or a STO? If you have no idea what I'm talking about within those acronyms right there, maybe you should reach out to treksmartconsulting.com, get a free 30-minute consultation, get yourself up to date on what's going on with the new lingo, and understand how to better operate in the space for whatever your project is or for whatever it is you're trying to do as far as getting in the space or moving forward. Once again, that is treksmartconsulting.com, where they take cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and put content into context. All right, now, G&G's back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I can't uh, agree more in that. Actually, one of the, let me um, say a couple of things here. First of all, one of the things that we're always looking for uh, as a company, or one of our premises, is that we want our participants to be a global and be truly diverse diverse. This is why we're aiming towards a global community of blockchain developers. And by blockchain, I mean, for you to, to really go beyond the hype and to be able to create something that can actually be implemented, you need not only techie people, you need people that can bring, bring lots of context to the solution. You need economists, you need uh, actually lawyers, you need um, even doctors, people that can actually contextualize the technology. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're always um, encouraging is multidisciplinary groups uh, for developing the solutions. Uh, because else implementation, it's, it's uh, if, if you leave, I mean, I have nothing against programmers or techies. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually one myself, even though I'm a lawyer. Uh, as I, 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 I was a, I'm a lawyer originally, but I'm into tech now. Um, but you definitely need that, uh, that integral uh, view on the problem and that uh, multidisciplinary to come up with uh, implementable solution. So we really encourage that uh, interdisciplinary uh, when, when people are, uh, for you know, putting groups together in our hackathons because we have observed that the solutions that come from these type of groups are much more implementable and much more um, easy to to uh, to become an MVP than others that come only from programmers. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I, I think that's that's absolutely needed. And moreover, if you're trying to um, if you come to think about it, for example, many of the problems uh, that we uh, are trying to tackle are problems that are mostly common in third world countries. So mm -hmm. if we get someone, for example, so to solve a problem in Latin America and you get someone from India uh, to also have his or her perspective on it, it's much more fertile to say, just, just say something. Um, then, then it's only uh, you know if if you have a, a, another perspective on it, that's really really uh, that will make the solution much richer uh, and much more fertile. And also, there's another another thing that I was going to mention to you is that, and this is why I always talk about an MVP, a minimum mm -hmm. viable product. 
And what I'm always uh, telling our clients is this is an MVP. You're free to continue improving its development. And also, you know, uh, because that's how you build the technology. Here you have a, and an moreover, something that with blockchain that we're, I mean, blockchain isn't diapers at this point. Um, mm -hmm. It's baby blockchain. So we need MVPs and we need companies and we need entities and we need people to continue building on these MVPs. These are the first steps. These are the starting points, but someone's got to start. There's got to mm. be a first step. And of course, we encourage people to continue developing on these MVPs. But you need an interdisciplinary group on that. So that's why I, I was mentioning that at first. Yes, because mm. a lot of features on technology comes later on after its implementation. You can, um, after a pilot is being run, then you can think of other features and other needs that you need to tackle or you can tackle with that technology or not. And then you disregard it. But definitely, uh, you, you got to start with something and you got to build us from there. That's why I, I never say like, listen, we're going to give you the solution that's going to wipe out all of your problems. No, we're handling you an MVP so you can continue working because that's where blockchain is at this point. And we want to be totally, and we should be totally realistic to it. I mean, we would be going, I mean, we would be against whatever we stand for. If we say that we're going to hand in a, a fully developed solution, that's never true in, in the mm. technology world, not even with advanced technology. <clears throat> Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to jump back one. Um, so, um, okay. You get in, you hear about this blockchain thing, you get to where it's like, okay, the thing makes sense. And you're like, Hey, let's do some hackathon, like a hackathon. Oh, excuse me. That, um, <clears throat> no problem. that is looking to try to figure out practical blockchain solutions. How do you start that process? Like, and, and you're doing on the on the academic side at that. So, um, you know, I know other um, people who are out here in the space, GNGs, this is for you guys, who, you know, they might not have the academic ends or the connections on that, and they just might be a basement programmer, or they might be somebody who's interested in it, but they don't um, have the, the, the resources to either find the, the space or know people in that community. Like, how do you bring up the let's do a hackathon um, for the the person not in the in that group per se? Um, that's where I'm trying to go with that. What 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 do you mean by the person not in the group per se? Okay, so um, if I am, for example, not connected to a school like MIT, um, if mm -hmm. I don't know anything about IBM's um, special um, you know, uh, support programs that they have or the special funding, things like that, that they do for um, technology innovation. Where do I start as somebody who is interested in doing hackathons or somebody who is interested in technology and wants to work on, um, you know, coming up with more <laughs> practical solutions? Where would I start? Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of conversations uh, and, uh, with different companies that are some some of our our, our co the companies that are in our pipeline some of them have blockchain teams some of them have never 
had any, uh, you know, uh, experience in blockchain or hardly ever heard of it. So what we have done is like every conversation we've had, uh, you, you've got to give a lot of context to it. And uh, one of the things we say is that blockchain may also not be for you. And as I mentioned before, that's part of our job. So how do we start uh, building on hackathons? I mean, we put the word out there. We approach certain industries in which we may think there might be uh, interest use cases. And we ask them, look, like, what are your needs? What do you think uh, you can improve? Or what service you think you can actually uh, bring onto society. Let's say you're a, you're a bank or you're a finance entity. Uh, what, I, what have you always wanted to do and haven't been able to do so until now? And actually some of the, some of the companies we have in our pipeline, it's, it's a finance entity and uh, they, they wanna build something for financial inclusion. And uh, we think blockchain can actually uh, help out on, on, on achieving that long-term goal. So what we do is we start always the conversation and try to find what, what's the need. And, and, and if there is a context on blockchain, we start directing um, the conversation towards that and exploring. And we do that exploring ourselves and see what's, uh, I mean, and see uh, if there's an opportunity for a hackathon. Sometimes it comes that there's not an opportunity at all. I mean, there's not a, a use case that we think of at this time. One of the things, and uh, it's a very simple criteria to determine whether there is a space for blockchain technology development or not, is when you have a, so people ask me this simple question, like in 30 seconds, how do I know if I can, or should I use blockchain or not? I'm like, listen, if you have a transaction with different parties and different in, uh, interests, and they all uh, uh, are, uh, are uh, they are, are all participants of this whole transaction, there's probably a room for blockchain there due to traceability and transparency features of that technology. So they're like, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's bring this to, to practical problems that we have. And uh, so when the answer is yes, then we start building the use case. And uh, there are certain variables that we put into place, and that's part of our methodology, actually. Uh, so it's, uh, and, and the uh, main object of our methodology is evaluating if that particular problem or need that a company, entity, or government has can be actually tackled by or solved by blockchain technology. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, even though you're not, uh, I mean, we've, most of our conversations happen with uh, Latin American companies that are really far from MIT, but we go and approach them and uh, well, through events and through news. So they've heard about us and sometimes they do approach us and, um, and, and, and they start asking like, uh, they start exploring together with us uh, whether there's a possibility for building a use case on blockchain technology. Because one common denominator uh, is that people do want to explore. They don't want to be left behind on this. They don't want to uh, let others uh, gain competitive advantage. Sometimes that's even the case. So they, uh, <laughs> they've heard of it and they're like, okay, let's, let's get serious about this. So let's start exploring what, 
which use cases uh, we can actually build. Okay, so that is so interesting that you said that. Uh, I had a conversation with someone at a bank and I'm not, it's not one of the bigger banks. It's one of the um, smaller banks, more local to um, East Coast DMV area. And so I was telling, I was asking the question about, you know, so what do you guys, and this was literally last year, early last year. And I said, what are you guys doing, you know, about this blockchain crypto thing? And they were like, well, you know, banking works kind of slow. You know, you have the whole thing of like the AML and da 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 da. And they gave me all this other stuff. And I was just like, okay, but like, what are you guys doing? Like, are you going to the conferences? Are you trying to, you know, um, get some insight on what the technology is, this, that? And they're like, well, no, we're going to wait and see what the bigger banks do first. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? Like, how does that make any sense like you're already a small bank why would you wait to see what the bigger people are going to do in order to make you stay smaller exactly i i I totally didn't understand the logic on that but at the same time though this is also the same kind of bank where and there's certain reasons why i went to actually bank with this particular institution i was at one of the branches and I went to ask about um, a business account. And um, I asked the question, there was a whole thing about um, having to have a physical address. And I didn't understand um, what was the rules and regulations behind it because that particular branch manager wasn't explaining that. And I don't know if it was because they didn't know or just they didn't explain it in a way that it was at, like, it was never mentioned KYC, AML, none of that. It was just, well, no, you have to have it, but no re- reason behind why you have to have a quote physical location. And so I was like, well, what do you do for businesses that are online doing e-commerce stuff? And this bank manager literally gave me the look of like, well, we don't have those. Or like, I don't know. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I you're telling me you're down in the city and you have no businesses that have accounts with you that are online solely. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> like, and I just, like, I had to walk out and I was like, all right, well, we're not going to open up that account at this one because you obviously ain't paying <laughs> no attention to technology, like at all. This mm-hmm. was literally, this was, was this last year? Yeah, th- this was last year, like January-ish. January? Wow. Let's say january So it's just like, what do you mean? Like, you don't have nobody who has a business account with you who's an online business. That makes wow. no sense. No. Um, uh, yeah, and you know what? Uh, may I, I, I just a little bit, a little something here. They're overseeing an advantage that they have. They're smaller. They're Probably the risk they run is uh, uh, it's uh, less than the big banks when exploring exactly. in this technology, and that's an advantage they have. They're probably more flexible, more dynamic into this uh, pallet implementation, 
and they have that advantage over large companies. They should totally use that in their favor. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> like, yes. That it was just like I don't understand. Like, why are you not seeing this? And and lo yes. and behold, now right, Fidelity admits that they were doing mining for more than a year. Um, mm -hmm. Who who else is it? Somebody else is talking about eventually getting that that crypto desk um, that you can do. And then X amount of the credit cards are now working to where you can purchase. Um, um but well certain bitcoins i mean certain cryptos with your bank card mm -hmm. like and here you are talking about well we're gonna wait and see what the bigger people do <laughs> to keep us still small yeah that, that, i'm sorry about that doesn't make any sense at all i mean there's a whole it's so fertile i mean there's so many things you can actually do and get yeah. that competitive advantage it's it's a low-hanging fruit <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like that like like I said, I, I, I was just like wow and I went to the other branch and talked to the other branch man. She's just like, Yeah, sure, come on in. Da, 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 da. So, you know, I mean I, I got the account with it was just an interesting experience to have that on one hand and then have this mm -hmm. on the other hand. And um the person that I actually had the conversation with about the the bank stuff itself is a higher person in the institution. So it was interesting to hear that that's where they are um but yeah, yeah like it, it's really um it is <clears throat> i don't want to say sad or interesting blah 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 uh i can't think of the word right now but like i said <laughs> for where for where this technology is and we know that it's continually being you know pushed to move forward and like let's Let's either improve on something or let's figure out something that we didn't think of six months ago, a year ago. And that's literally what's happening. Like, that's why I like hackathons. Mm -hmm. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and, and this is why I think our proposal can be interested, or should be interested also to, to small companies because it's a safe and dynamic and agile, and not expensive way at all to experience and run this pilot. Besides, we facilitate all this global talent that's out there to build solutions. And you know, in the end, it's gonna be a starting point for whatever you wanna develop afterwards. And if not, it's okay, cool. But uh, I mean, what if, <laughs> what if, there's a, a whole chance of, of, of uh, you know, building um, really innovative solutions at this point. It's, I mean, we're at the starting point. You can create anything you want. Pretty much. It's all about the creativity and the ingenuity part of it, right? Um, <clears throat> sorry. So we are Not definitely coming up on time and i know you have other things going on in your day um so i want to um bring us to a close on the end of final question is is there a blockchain based or um crypto uh product or service that you use that you would tell someone else about 
Uh, okay, so, so far, first I would like to, uh, just to be clear on something, we as a company, we're agnostic to uh, technologies in terms of, uh, what do we mean by that, that the participants are free to use any type of crypto-based technology that they feel like using, and that's part of what we also want to explore, and see what are the best technologies that, uh, you know, appeal to, to a certain type of solution or problem. And if we feel that if we restrict um, our hackathons to a certain type of technology, that would be also like uh, wiping out any possibilities of finding out which crypto tech is better to or more appealing to a particular type of industry or solution so we don't want to do that we however we've uh partnered up with ibm uh for certain hackathons because uh they they also want to explore their hyperledger tech into certain industries and uh, that's the main reason why we have done it and uh and it's proven to be very flexible, but we are agnostics are, are agnostic to a particular type of technology because of uh, what I just mentioned to you. We don't want to rule out any other tech for a particular solution that might be better. So we don't want to, we don't want with the creativity of uh, our participants in that sense. So that's why we like to think of ourselves as agnostics to it. Okay, I got you. Um, I, on the company end, I get that. But I was talking about you as an individual. When I ask that question, it's not a matter of like um, um, what company, like your company or what your thing is, but you as the individual. That's how uh, I should have framed it better. Sorry about that. But that's what I generally mean. Um, and I've had some very interesting answers. Um, I probably only had like maybe two or three answers repeat out of what 20 plus interviews um but you know that that that's fine no problem like i said there there's no right or wrong um to mm -hmm. that it is a, a personal thing so yeah and um so finally um what is contact that you have i mean what are ways people can contact you if they're interested in what you guys are doing um whether it be up here on the state side or down there in um, latin america um if you can leave some contact information sure uh they can go to our web page is the blockchainchallenge.net uh or sh uh, shoot me an email uh we're tdc also in twitter uh we're the blockchain ch at intruder other uh, we have also a facebook page the blockchain challenge and uh they can all uh, by all means feel free to shoot me an email at silvana which is s-i-l-v-a-n-a at the blockchain challenge.net I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions and uh we'll be actually launching a really interesting and high impact uh hackathons during this semester so uh look out for uh those because uh definitely we're gonna be uh creating some noise with this hackathon soon and we 
highly uh, encourage anyone that that's interested either in learning, improving, or acquiring blockchain skills, and that looks uh, like wants to uh, network with people around the world and uh, have interesting conversations and learning on blockchain based on real life use cases in different industries. It's definitely a good chance to 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 learn and to improve uh, any blockchain skills. So uh, yeah, I'd like to extend my invitation to your audience and to yeah feel free to reach out to us and uh and uh yeah definitely you can have all the information at blockchainchallenge.net thanks all right <clears throat> there you have it gng's that was savannah lopez and that is uh, the blockchain challenge and reach out you know learn ask questions um connect that's the whole point of this podcast checking cryptos to connect right <laughs> Um, yeah. I want to say thank you for coming on. Really enjoyed talking with you. And I look forward to um, having future conversations and seeing how things work out on your end. Absolutely, Trey. I'm, I'm, it's, uh, thanks for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm happy to have any conversation anytime soon with you. And uh, no, contribute to the cause. That would be great. So thanks for uh, this great space and for letting me talk to your audience. Thank you. All right, there you have it, GNGs. So until the next one, go out, read something, learn something, talk about cryptos, blockchain, ask a question, give an answer. And yeah, that's it. One. <laughs>all right gng's there you have it that was savannah lopez um lawyer by day techie person by day two you know um as i've said about tracking cryptos to connect and also what i've been learning is that when it comes to helping to expand um the crypto space and the blockchain technology and like reaching this whole mass adoption thing it's not only about talking to people who are directly in the space because there's other people doing things that might not be directly crypto or directly blockchain but it relates to the space case in point hackathons are those things and when we have more of those we get to examine and figure out through like you know trial and error within a, a relatively safe environment how we can apply the technology to other um, bigger social issues or even smaller social um, concerns or problems right uh, I, I honestly do think that what she's doing is uh, um, added value to the space even though her her main thing for her um, company doesn't actually just focus on blockchain based things but it really is interesting to see how hackathons themselves and what they can do for the blockchain crypto space is very applicable and so gng's i hope somebody was inspired i hope somebody got motivated i hope this tweaked your interest somehow and you want to look into hackathons or what she does or just look into blockchain and crypto in general and so what I ask now is the whole, you know, call to action stuff where it's like like, tweet, post, repost, um, thumbs up, thumbs down, make a comment, share, leave a negative comment, all that other call to action stuff that you're supposed to say. Because without you, G&Gs, like I can't get the word out with these stories that I'm sharing and the uniqueness as well as just the, the, the ability to share the... Um, the relatable parts of how people are getting into the space, what they're doing 
um, within the space, you know. And yeah, GNGs, that's the whole point of tracking cryptos to connect. So until the next episode, um, oh, by the way, for the next episode of Everyday People, I'll be talking with Chica Ota, and you'll actually learn about what she does come the next episode. So until then, GNGs, one. <laughs>